good? You already know who it is, and if you don't know who it is, it's your man, Leon Benson, a.k.a. Leon Genesis, a.k.a. your mom's favorite personal trainer, a.k.a. let's get it, a.k.a. let's work, a.k.a. always working, a.k.a. Theatris Thompson in the building. What it do? We back at it again, man. Yo, it's January 23rd. 2022 i'm saying is sunday fun day this is episode 88 season three of the passion purpose perspective podcast by yours truly man we out here we working man um first and foremost disclaimer i'm not an expert on anything i'm an idiot don't listen to me do your Googles, do your own research on whatever I'm saying, because, yeah, it's all for educational purposes. It's all for entertainment only. Uh, in the words of Hove, it's only entertainment. But anyway, yeah, man, that being said, um, for the last couple of weeks, I've been having some issues with... Uh, just with like the pay structure in terms of how um, the details are uh, are inputted into uh, just the online components of running a podcast. So luckily, I finally updated that information. Um, so everything now should be a lot more accurate, but more importantly, episodes will be a lot more consistent, meaning more so on a weekly basis, um, with hopefully zero interruptions from here on out. So yeah, that is fantastic news anyway. Oh yeah. And shout out to the folks that helped me to resolve the situation. Um, they were very helpful. That being said, last episode, we talked about muscle movers so we talked about like prime movers um so you can go back into the feed and you can listen to that episode that is episode 87 um last episode we also talked about um mental priming and just how that works in terms of psychology we tied it into finance and investing um and we also talked about scarcity mindset versus abundant mindset and just how that can shape your investment philosophy um, in a good or bad way. So again, that was episode 87. You can go back into the feed and listen to that episode. Today, we are going to touch on, in terms of fitness and nutrition, we're going to talk, talk about how to stick to a workout routine. And I have episodes that I've, um, that I've recorded in the past that have discussed this in, in, in detail, but yeah, I want to run it back because yeah, there are um, there's a there's a lot of new folks out there listening to the podcast, and they, I feel like they need this information because it's helpful. It's 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 extremely useful, um, and yeah, man, it's from the heart. But anyway, um, before we get into that, uh, another topic that we have coming up on today's episode is why stock prices are falling. So. We're going to get into it, man. But that being said, if you have not already, make sure you download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast, man. Drop a comment, all right? If you're on Apple Podcasts or, or you're on your phone or you're on Anchor.fm, um, 
or, or Spotify, wherever, whatever platform you're listening to this on, man. I need you to like this episode. I need you to download it, rate it, comment, and subscribe if you haven't subscribed already, man. Um, anywho, so going back to sticking to a workout routine. So it's 2022. I know a lot of you guys are trying to get in shape for the first time. A lot of you guys are a little more in the intermediate realm. So you've been doing this for maybe one or two years. Um or maybe maybe three or four years. I don't know, maybe five years. Um, there's some advanced individuals out here that have been doing it for five plus years or 10 years or whatever the case may be. But the same rules apply, the same principles apply across the board. So um, of course I got some notes here. So I wanna go into details on the points that I do have. So sticking to a workout routine, a lot of people struggle with this. So people will be like, look, I'm finna get in shape. I'm finna do this. I'm finna do that. I'm finna look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm finna look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. All right. This is your year, you know, in quotations as, as the kids say, but okay. You work out a few times and then you stop. Something comes up. There's an emergency. Uh, you got to work or you don't got no workout clothes or you ran out of supplements or you got a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend. I don't know what the case may be, but you find some excuse. Yes, I'm calling it an excuse. Um, you find some excuse not to not to stick to your routine. You said you were going to work out. You said you were going to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds, you know, 30 pounds, 15 pounds, whatever. You said you was going to get slim and slick. You know what I'm saying? You said you was going to be able to fit into that wedding dress. You know, you said you was going to be able to wear those pumps without your ankles. You know what I'm saying? Rolling over the sides or whatever the case may be. Like, I don't know what you thought, but you thought it and then you said it out loud. So you decided not to stick to that plan when something came up. And you didn't take into account that something would come up. And you also didn't take into account that something's always going to come up on your fitness and, and nutritional journey. Okay, so I want to get into these points that I have written down um, and I've taken the time to map these out because I feel like they're extremely important and everybody doesn't talk about them in terms of fitness and nutrition. Um, so in order to stick to a, a workout routine, number one, you need to have a purpose as to why you are training. You need a purpose. We all need a purpose in life. We, you know, in terms of love, we need a purpose. In terms of friendship, we need a purpose. In terms of business, we need a purpose. You have to have purpose. What What is purpose in layman's terms? Like, you know, just, you know, from a more broken down perspective, purpose is what wakes you up in the morning. It is the reason why you do what you do and how you do what you do. You have to have something that energizes you. You have to have something that allows you to push forward. You have to have something that will prime you and allow you to work through things, no matter how difficult they might be, no matter how easy it might be, or whatever the case may be. You have to have purpose when you are training. If you don't have purpose, what is the point? Like You're gonna feel like it's just a waste of time. So number one, you need purpose. Um, and, and it goes even deeper. So are you trying to burn body fat? Are you trying to build muscle? 
Are you trying to increase your cardiovascular endurance? Are you trying to increase your muscular endurance? Are you trying to get leaner? Um, are you trying to just become more stable in terms of your movement, your speed, your quickness, your agility? Um, do you just want to have more confidence? Like, what is the purpose of your training? What is the purpose of your nutritional plan? You know, are you trying to combat, you know, any type of like illness or disease? Um, are you trying to increase the longevity of your life, the expectancy of your life? Are you trying to, you know, increase your bone density? Are you trying to strengthen your ligaments and tendons? You know, what, like, what is the purpose, man? What is the purpose of, of, of why you're doing what you're doing? Why are you training the way that you're training? Why are you eating the way that you're eating if you're eating cleaner? You need to know why. That is important because those are the things that will continue to, to, to come up in your mind when, when things get difficult. And things always get difficult, man, on any journey, whether it's fitness and nutrition or whether it's business, you know, whether it's, again, whether it's relationships or whatever the case may be, like you're going you're gonna to have those days, man, um, those rough days. And those rough days, you're going to need purpose. Your purpose is going to push you. So that's number one. Number two is having a realistic approach. Look, you not finna just wake up one day and decide, you know what? I'm going to be the next Kai Green. I'm going to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm going to be the next, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm going to be, you know, the next whoever it might be that's at the highest of highest levels. Like, Nah, you're not finna be LeBron James. You're not finna be Kyrie Irving. You're not finna be Steph Curry or whoever you think you might be. You gotta be you. You can only be you. You can't be like anybody else. That is the thing that makes you slightly unique amongst, you know, this entire globe of individuals. You know, it's it's very hard to to find uniqueness, you know, across the board but honestly like yeah when you look at the finite details of each individual person there is something there that makes you unique and then that's the thing being realistic means that you have to have a, the self-awareness and understanding that you can only be who you are you can only do things the way that you do things yes you can you can you can adopt models and you can have you know people that maybe you admire or people that you even get frame of reference from, you know, you can, you can have, um, what do you call it? Like you can have role models, so to speak, but at the end of the day, your DNA is your DNA. Your genetics are your genetics. Your background is your background. You know, culturally it is what it is like. You're, you've been created the way that you've been created. There's nothing that you can do about that part. But what you can do now that you have been created is you can use your tips and tricks and skills and you can use your horsepower and your potential and what you bring to the table and you can, you can utilize that to get to where you're trying to get to on your fitness and nutritional journey. So you have to understand, like, you got to break it down. Start with the baby steps. You're not going to just lose 50 pounds in a month or in a or in three months or, or, or in six months. Like, it's nah, 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 nah. It ain't like that. First of all, you need to understand that something is bothering you. 
or something about you that you don't like or something that you want to add, some flavor you want to add to your existence. So maybe you've got the, the nice job, the nice house, the nice car. you got an awesome spouse or partner. you got the kids. Um, you got money in the bank. But you just your physique is just sloppy. Like you look, you you looking crazy out here, like your belly hanging over your 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 belt buckle or something like that. You feel me? Or things are just kind of you know falling and sagging. You know I'm saying gravity is taking over, and everything is not as lifted as it was before. Nothing wrong with that. Life happens. I get it. Um, for the ladies out there, you know. Maybe you, you had a couple kids, whatever the case may be, your body didn't bounce all the way back the way that you wanted it to. There's nothing wrong with that. But you've got to start from day one and then you graduate from day two. Then you graduate to day three, four, five, six, month one, month two, six months. Like you get what I'm saying? You got to start from ground zero. Um, and, and you have to understand that there's levels and there's limitations. As much as I hate putting limitations on anything, you've got to be realistic enough to know, okay, based on the resources that I have, based on who I am, my work ethic, you know, or my laziness or whatever the case may be, and everything that I've done up to this point, like you got to understand where you can benefit from those things that you already currently have, you know, whether they're already in your possession or whether you have access to them and then your your actual skill set in general from maybe i guess a talent point of view whatever natural talent you have physically um or even in terms of making decisions um or even being able to delay gratification you got to understand like your your limitations and, and and the maximum levels that you can reach and you've got to work from there. That's your foundation. Who you are is your foundation. So you need to get into things that we've been talking about the last few weeks. The psychology of yourself. The more you understand yourself, the more you can understand your strengths and weaknesses, the more you will be able to utilize those strengths and weaknesses in order to get closer to whatever your ultimate goal is in life, whatever your ultimate goal is with fitness and nutrition, whatever your ultimate goal is you know, with your finances or whatever the case may be. But that's that's the point of being realistic, understanding who you are and utilizing that to your advantage. But you, you've got to take baby steps. You have to even at the intermediate level and even at the advanced level, like when you start adding on new goals or bigger, you know, bigger, more bodacious goals like, yo, you still got to start from that that first big goal. OK, what's the first big step? Or what's the next big step since I've done all the other little steps? It's just like, you know, steps inside of steps, man. There's a process inside of that process, if you get what I'm saying. So, yeah, those are the ways that you can remain realistic and have a realistic approach to this entire process. You're not going to just wake up and lose 80 pounds. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry. What you're going to do is realize that there's something that you don't like about your physique or your health issues or your current situation um, or whatever. Something's going to piss you off. Something's going to ignite a fire and an energy in you. And you're going to want to do something about it from there. Then you're going to think, well, sh shit, let me let me get in shape. Maybe that'll help me out. 
Okay, from there, you got to figure out, well, how can I get in shape? Okay, well, I can look at what I'm eating. All right, I can change that. That's one thing. Oh, okay, you know what? Um, let me like do some research online or read some books on fitness and nutrition, or let me listen to the Leon Genesis passion, purpose, perspective podcast. <laughs> you feel me? And then you can go from there. From there, you can start to study and understand, okay, what type of supplements you may need or may not need. Um, what type of workouts that you need to do that are based on whatever your goals are. So now you got to figure out, well, shit, what are my goals and what do I want to do it? How much muscle do I want to gain or how much weight do I want to lose? Like, don't, that's the thought process throughout this whole thing. It's an understanding of self. It's a higher level of understanding of self, who you are and what you're bringing to the table and where you need to improve. Uh, yeah, where you need to improve at. Because ultimately, fitness and nutrition is all about improving upon your current base, but also ironing out any wrinkles in your game and just constantly trying to get better every day, even if it's a half a percent better tomorrow. You feel me? Um, so yeah, man, that's the realistic approach is understanding who you are and understanding what you can do with that and building slowly from there. Once you, you know, figure out all of that, you got your purpose as to why you're training, why you're eating cleaner. Now you, now you work on, okay, all right, let me create a realistic approach based on who I am, where I'm at, what I have and what I can get to and my physical abilities and, and my, and, you know, my decision-making and my ability to delay gratification. Um, and then go from there. Okay. Now you need a schedule and a routine, AKA you need consistency. So how do you structure that? The same way you went to school every day when you were a little kid. The same way that once you graduated from school, you had to go get a job when you were 16, 17, whatever the case may be. The same way when you, okay, now you got to wake up every single day at a certain time. You got you to gotta shower. You got to brush your teeth. Uh, you got to get some breakfast. And then you got to get in your car, whatever. You got to drive to work. Make sure you got enough gas in your car. Then you drive to work and you clock in. All right. Then you, you get your assignment from your, you know, your CEO or your supervisor or your manager, whatever the case may be. Or if you are the CEO, CEO, you know how to, you know what things come up next, you know, what needs to be done before the, the, before the quarter is over, you know, in terms of implementation and executing, you know, and making sure that you're proud to look at, you know, your financial statements at the end of the next quarter or at the end of the year or whatever the case may be like, you know, um, and then, yeah, you're going to have moments throughout that day. You have your breaks you know what I'm saying? So you can refuel, um, rehydrate, and then you get right back to it. All right. Once you're done, you go home, you have some downtime, you spend time with your family, you map out some goals for the next day or the next week or the next month or the next year, and you repeat the process and you and you monitor, are you making progress throughout each of those days? You know, it's the same thing with fitness and nutrition, man. Okay, like, let me go, I'm gonna go a little bit into my routine, just briefly. Um, so, every day, try to wake up at the same time every single day, around 5.55 or 6 a.m. Sometimes I try to get a little bit more rest, so I'll end up waking up at like 6.30 in the morning. But anyway, the typical is like 5.55 to 6 a.m. All right, by... 
you know, 6.15ish, 6.30ish. I brushed my teeth. I took a shower. I took my supplements. All right. I drank a little bit of water. All right. I've warmed up. I've stretched a little bit. Boom. Now I hit the ground running. I'm either weight training or I'm doing cardio. Once my cardio is done, um, I get in a few pages. I got to read every single day. I got to feed my mind. I got to exercise my, my mind, my cognitive abilities. I get in a couple pages. Okay, from there, if I can, I try to take like an hour nap or a 30 minute nap, even a 20 minute nap, whatever the case may be. Once I'm done with that, I'm back up. I'm, I'm having my breakfast or whatever. While I'm having breakfast, I'm studying, I'm learning. You know, I'm studying various businesses, various industries to understand, you know, how businesses function and how I can be a better businessman, um, how I can be a better investor, et cetera, et cetera. I finish my breakfast. Okay, boom, I'm, I'm, I'm getting dressed, you know, for the nine to five. I do my nine to five. Before I even start my nine to five, I'm studying, I'm reading whatever literature is, is, is currently on my desk. That's the next thing. All right. If it's, if I'm studying a company, I'm looking at an annual report. All right. I got to read that, um, and try to crack the code of that company or just have a better understanding of that investment. Um, AKA that business from there, I start my work. I do my work day. Sometimes it's nine hours. Sometimes it's eight hours. Sometimes it's seven hours. It just depends on the workload and, and the energy and all that. I'm coming home, you know, same thing. I'm getting, um, um, you know, I'm changing, I'm showering, um, I shower three times a day, by the way, because um, I'm a psycho. But anyway, from there, you know, it's family time um, and, you know, eating dinner. And then it's just, yeah, mapping out the next day, mapping out the next month, week, year, whatever. Like, it's just a constant flow. I, I, I hardly ever break the schedule. That is what makes me, uh, I don't know, like. It just puts me at a level of just like, damn, bro, like you're not finna catch this guy when it comes to his routine because it's just just so dialed in. Like I'm dialed in, man. We train seven days a week. You feel me? Like it's going to take something crazy for me to miss a day of training or I'm doing like a little vacation day. You know what I'm saying? hanging out with the family, just trying to get away from the typical routine, but very rarely, but most of the days I'm up five fifty-five, six o'clock. Boom. Don't even wake up before my alarm goes off. And it's, t- and it's work. We, we, we wake up, we shower, we brush our teeth. Boom. We get dressed. We take our supplements. We train. All right. Now after we train, you know, we, we study a little bit. Boom. Then we nap. After we shower again, blah, blah, blah. Like, you get it? You don't skip a beat. And for me, it's so important for me, especially the first two hours of my day, to lock in with myself and to get that time that I need to just recalibrate my mind, recalibrate my energy, recalibrate my life, and just to wake up. It's just like, I need that. If I don't get that, it's just like, man, my whole day is just shit. It's completely ruined. Um, that's just the way it is because health is so important to me, but but more so fitness is so important to me because it just puts me in a mood, man. It just makes me feel so amazing. Um, so I have to do it every single day. Doesn't matter what's going on, good or bad. 
I'm up and I'm I'm training. Period. Even if it's a half mile run or a one mile run, doesn't matter. Like, okay, today, for instance, I tried to get a little bit more rest. So I woke up, I don't know. Well, I was up pretty early this morning. Um, that's just because like I'm a light sleeper. So when I hear noise, I'm up early. Um, but then after that, I kind of was BSing, you know, on social media a little bit. Then from there, um, yeah, I tried to go back to sleep until like, I don't know, seven-ish, eight-ish. All right, you get up. All right, there was some laundry left over, folded that, put that away. What do you know? Sh brush my teeth, shower, put my clothes on, take my supplements, get warmed up, stretch, get my mind right. Okay, but I'm also while I'm doing that, all right, we're listening to we're listening to some uh some podcasts and some interviews, you know, from a business perspective just to get some more, you know, information in terms of just again, how to be a better investor, how to be a better businessman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um and then from there, it's like, boom, 10 mile. We did a 10 mile run today. It was, it was brutal. It was, it was, it was awful, but it was also fantastic, especially like the first uh, four and a half miles, five miles, man, I felt like a savage out there, but yeah, it's just like, okay, my day would not be complete until I did that. Today was a day where it's like, okay, I can put in an extra, you know, six, seven miles um, or whatever. So I put in an extra six, seven miles, whatever the case may be, um, you know, so, but like I say all of that to say, I don't skip a beat because the purpose of my training is so key to everything I do. It's just too important to me. It, I'm all about energy and you know, keeping my spirits uplifted, keeping the toxicity away. Um, honestly, I also just love who I am. I love how I am. I love the way that my life is structured. Although I am trying to implement more ways to just enjoy it even more on a higher level. But yeah, man, it's just like, I gotta lock in with myself and I gotta take care of my body and my mind in the morning. Like I gotta do it. And then, you know, I gotta grind. I gotta work. I love working too. Um, but also too, fitness is work, man. You gotta wake up and grind. You gotta, you know, you gotta work out, put some mileage on your body. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have days when there's aches and pains, but your purpose has to be more important to you, but also too, you have to have a realistic approach. I have a realistic approach to what I'm doing, regardless of how grandiose my goals and aspirations are. It's simple. Get up every single day, move your body a little bit, wake yourself, be thankful, um, have an attitude of gratitude. All right. Nourish the body, um, you know, and, and grind put in work, contribute to the universe or contribute to your ecosystem um, every single day. And I and it's just little things. On the days when I'm not running 10 miles or five miles, I'm running one mile, I'm running two miles. You know, right now I'm running like 1.885 miles a day. So slightly under two miles every single day, doesn't matter what's going on. If I have the energy, I run more when I have more time. Um, you know, if I can try to get a nap before my workday starts, I do that. Um, that's, you know, but I have to be realistic. It's just like I can't run 10 miles every single day. My knees are not going to hold up. So, all right, I'll settle for for one and a half, two miles uh, four days a week. 
And then three days a week, I'm going ham, I'm going five, I'm going six, seven, eight, nine, ten miles, and I'm getting it in, I'm pushing the pace. Schedule, seven days a week, 365 days a year, holiday or no holidays, birthdays or no birthdays, whatever the case, I don't, it doesn't matter. I have to get that in first thing in the morning. I got to get it in. It's just, it's embedded in me at this point. You know, it's almost robotic. It's sick at a certain level, but it's allowed me to stick to a, a fitness and nutritional routine. It's allowed me to stick to my my workout routine because it's too important to me. And, you know, it's important that I hit my small goals every single day. If I, if I hit, you know, if I hit enough of my smaller goals over time, the big goals will, will they'll be accomplished. They'll get accomplished. Um, so, yeah, man. It's just important that you have a schedule and a routine that's going to allow you to build consistency. Consistency. You don't have to work out seven days a week. You can work out three times a week. You can work out three days or two days a week or four days a week. You don't have to go every single day. I'm different. I love this shit. I got to do it. I got to do it. It's who I am. It's a lifestyle for me. It doesn't have to be uh, seven days a week for you. But. You do need to make it a part of your lifestyle if you want to be successful at it, period. There's no other way around it. If, it, if, if you can only afford the time to work out twice a week or three times a week, that's fine. But when you train, give it everything you've got. You feel me? Lock in. Be focused. Train with purpose. Train with intent. And, uh, with intent. You know, understand what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and yeah, like I said, have a realistic approach, man. You know, work on the little goals. It's little steps every single day that add up over time. So, yeah, um, those are the three things that you can do, man, to to help you stick to your fitness routine, your nutritional routine. Once again, you need to have, one, number one, a purpose of a purpose for, for why you're training or why you're eating cleaner. Number two, you need to have a realistic approach as to how you're going to maintain a fitness and nutritional regimen. Number three which it, man, that I feel like number one and number three are tied, but number three is having a schedule or a routine in order to build consistency. You feel me? So yeah, man, that's that. Um, so hopefully you got something useful out of that part of the segment. Now I want to briefly get into, uh, finance and we're going to talk about why stock prices have been falling as of late and what that means for the retail investor like you and myself and some of what it means for uh, professional investors. Let me take a sip of my water. Okay, so as you know, those of you who have been paying attention, um, especially in the States, uh, in terms of the stock market, last year at the end of last year prices were going crazy valuations were at all-time highs there were so many companies that were extremely overvalued and overpriced meaning that they were trading for way more than what they were actually worth some of them some of them they actually were trading at fair prices um but that's for you to determine anyway it was a, it's the this bull market has been so wild um, and again, I'm a rookie in the game. I'm new to the game. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about anything. So don't listen to me. But that being said, 
Um, this past year, well, it hasn't been a full year for me yet, even, which is, yeah, crazy, super duper rookie. But anyway, I have seen the market moving so, like, it just moves so quickly that it's just, it's, I mean, at this point, it's not shocking, but in the beginning, it was extremely shocking. But now I'm starting to see the, the you know, the causation and the correlation as to why it's moving as quickly as it's moving. Obviously, one of the things is that there's more people like me and yourself, more retail investors that are putting their money into the market. So that is also creating like wild price fluctuations, meaning that the prices of stocks are going up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, in the short term, of course, which honestly, the short term is really not important. Um, if you're really trying to be wealthy over the long term, but anyway, okay. One of the main culprits of why stock prices right now have been falling so dramatically is because the federal reserve is tapering. They are tapering their bond purchases. Um, so they're, they print, they print a whole bunch of money, you know, just in such a short period of time that created monetary inflation. So basically when the federal reserve and the federal reserve is like nine or 12, you know, banks that run the entire, uh, you know, fiscal policy, they're the ones that, you know, run the whole, the, just the currency structure in terms of like the United States currency, the dollar. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, and also they control the interest rates as well. So with that being said, um, now they're raising interest rates because again, prices were super duper, super high when it comes to stock, stock prices, AKA when it comes to the businesses and their valuations, how you value businesses, a lot of, I don't know how many of them, but a lot of them were extremely overpriced. Um, and again, a lot of retail investors like myself and you, we have been putting our money into the stock market because some of us have FOMO, AKA fear of missing out. So we've also invested. There has been a ridiculous influx of retail investors, of new amateur investors, like millions upon millions of new investors, um, tens of millions of, of, of investors. I haven't looked at all of the studies and researches or whatever, but yeah, it's just like, man, it's a ridiculous amount of new people getting, in, getting invested in the stock market. So that is one thing that creates a lot of price fluctuation, but that's also part of what was driving so much growth in some of these stocks um, at the end of last year. So obviously the, the, the country, you know, we borrow a lot of money. Um, we have a lot of debt and yeah, we struggle paying that debt back. But also another thing too, is that we can, because we can print our own money, it just creates this crazy ass cycle. But anyway, the federal reserve, which again, it's like the, the nine or 12 biggest like banks or whatever that running control of the money circulation and, and how that goes and other things too as well as like interest rates um so here's the thing businesses that you buy via the stock market businesses that you that you shop in you know whether you're whether you have an account at a bank an institutional bank or whatever whether you shop at places like i don't know vons or albertson's uh, if you're in California or Amelia's, if you're in, you know, Pennsylvania or I don't know, Sharp Shopper or wherever, you know, any of these places, you know, a lot of these companies, 
yeah, they had they had some startup capital, but they've also borrowed money. So they borrow money so that they can stimulate their business so that they can pay for their expenses. They can pay employees. They can get enough of it of a of a head start to actually run the business and get it get it going. Now from there they have to start relying more, a little bit more on actual profits coming in from customers and different vendors, um, whether it's, you know, uh, at physical locations or whether it's through e-commerce, whatever the case may be. But anyway, when companies borrow money, there are obviously stipulations that surround that, that borrowing. So companies go into a bank, yo, we need this, we need this amount of money or whatever. Okay, cool. So the bank is going to say, look, you can borrow this much based on, you know, your credit worthiness and we're going to give it to you at these rates. You pay us back, you know, in this many months or this many years. So their short-term borrowing, which basically is, is any, anything less than a year, Basically, like a twelve within a twelve month time period, that's the short term borrowing um, that companies do. Then there's long term borrowing. So the long term borrowing is anything outside of twelve months. Anything longer than a year is considered long term. When you look at companies' balance sheets, and what is happening is that okay, looking at last year and looking at you know maybe a little bit a little bit further back. Um, obviously, I got to do more more research on my financial history. I'm not a huge financial history buff yet, but I'm working on that. Um, let me catch up with the basics of what's happening right now. But anyway, interest rates were essentially damn near zero at one point. And this happens on and off over time. It's, it's just a cycle that happens within the economy and economics. So basically banks will raise or or, or lower their interest rates, you know, and obviously some of that is based on um, what the Federal Reserve is trying to accomplish, which obviously ultimately, I don't even know what their ultimate goal is because again, I'm still wet behind the ears when it comes to that. But anyway, when it comes to like running businesses, these businesses, they borrow money and sometimes it's cheaper for them to borrow money in order to maintain or sustain their business operations. Um, it's easier for them to stay in business because they can borrow money at a cheaper rate. They'll pay lower interest because interest rates are lower because the Fed will say, look, interest rates are you know less than 1% right now. Okay, cool. So now more people are going to borrow money. More companies are gonna borrow money in order to stay in business for longer periods of time until they can earn enough revenue, pay off their debts, and then reinvest, you know, any excess cash or retained earnings back into the business in order to continue to facilitate growth. So other times the Federal Reserve will increase interest rates. When they increase interest rates, that means that when companies borrow money, it is expensive as hell for them. So the terms and conditions are not favorable to those businesses and those companies. Um, so now they have a harder time paying back their loans and it just creates this nasty cycle. Also, the federal reserve sometimes will print a shit ton of money. They'll print new money. Now, 
just to tie in episode uh, 87, in terms of scarcity and abundance, when there's less dollars in circulation, there's a, there's a sense of scarcity to the dollar. Now, when the Federal Reserve prints more money, there is there becomes an abundance of those dollar bills in circulation. So this minimizes the scarcity, but it also devalues the current portion of dollar bills that are floating around or the 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 not just dollar bills, but like, the you know, all the currency, all the American currency or whatever. When you're printing more money, it's devaluing the rest of the money because there's more in circulation. There's more access to wealth, but also, again, from a business perspective, because of that, it affects other things like supply and demand. So how much product is available versus how how bad people want it or how many people want something. So now companies adjust their prices because of that as well. And I know I'm all over the place, but just... Hear me out, man. So, again, last year, all, like, I hate saying it like this, but but this is just to make it, like, a little more simple. Last year, stock prices were so high at the end of last year. So, if you understand the laws of physics, if you understand gravity, what goes up must come down. Some people are very naive and they think, Stocks only go up. There's like there was this weird thing on the internet going around that went viral. Stocks only go up. That is not true. That is far from true. Um, and you've got to understand that at some point prices get so high, they have to go in the other direction. How much more value? How much more valuable can a company actually be? You know, assuming, especially if it's not top two, top three in the world. There's only a, a fistful of companies that are literally like at the helm of all companies in terms of their earning power, in terms of their, their free cash flow that they have on hand, uh, in terms of their petty cash, in terms of just their global reach, in terms of just, you know, uh, just their history, how long they've been around and how long they've been dominant in a specific industry. Um, but yeah, man, there's so many aspects to it. And it's just, you can't keep moving in that direction for, you know, such a long period of time. Things have to recalibrate. They have to be recalibrated, whether we like it or not. And obviously, you know, the Fed doing whatever they're doing in terms of how much money they print it with, you know, stimulus checks and all that kind of stuff, that really caused a lot of harm. It caused more harm than good. Um, and now they want to backpedal. Now they want to taper. So there are there are things like bonds. There are, there are municipal bonds. There are mortgage-backed securities. Um, there are treasury bills. There's you know, savings bonds, there's all types of different bonds. And basically a bond is an individual investor or a business allowing the government to borrow money at 
a specified uh, interest rate for a, uh, you know, a specified duration of time. So there's short-term bonds and there's long-term bonds and there's intermediate bonds. So meet bonds in the middle. Um, and these all vary across, you know, a few different sectors, a few different types. Obviously, interest rates fluctuate all the time, the terms and conditions, etc. And what seems to be happening and what I'm becoming more aware of is that when interest rates start to increase, stock prices go way, way down. Um, so there's kind of like, um, what is it? There's like a there's like an inverse or like a covariance, so to speak, a negative covariance or whatever um, that basically when interest rates go up, stock prices go down. And a part of that is because it's harder for these billion dollar corporations, multi billion dollar corporations to borrow money because the interest rates are higher. So they have to pay back more in the short term and in some cases in the long term. And that hurts their earnings so it hurts their growth over time because now they have to pay back more than what they were expecting to to pay back or newer businesses or uh, businesses that aren't as established are getting in the game around this time right now. And they're like, damn, man, you know, I, I went to go get a business loan and my rates were, you know. My APR was crazy, like, you know, whatever percentage it is, because I don't know what like a good or bad rate is in terms of, you know, borrowing money from banks and stuff, because I don't borrow money from banks anymore. Um, you know, but yeah, it's just like, man, so it gets harder for for businesses. Um, but obviously it's beneficial for financial uh, for the financial sector in terms of banks or uh, institutional banks or whatever. Um because, yeah, it's just like, yo, they're going to get more bang for their buck because they raised the interest rates. Um, so that's what's happening in, an, in a randomized nutshell is that the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates on things like bonds, government bonds, uh, mortgage-backed securities, municipal bonds, um, etc., um, and other debt securities because, yeah, bonds are debt. It's debt. So, yeah, when you hear things like debt securities, that means that companies or institutional investors or individual investors are letting the government borrow money for the promise of the government paying them back over, you know, an undisclosed amount of time for an undisclosed amount of interest on the money that they let the government borrow. So, yeah, again. It seems, and I'm again, I'm still a rookie when it comes to the history of finance, but it seems like, um, and obviously, according to some of my favorite investors that I've been studying, um, you know, when when interest rates are increase, it makes stock prices go down. And again, a lot of that is because of how hard, how more, how much more expensive it is for businesses to borrow money, you know, at attractive rates. So, yeah. Um, and before I run out of time, because I was going to record this longer than an hour, but I'm going to keep it at an hour. Anyway, what you don't want to do when, when stock prices are falling, what you don't want to do as an investor is you don't want to panic. Because if you panic, that's detrimental to your portfolio. Because if you panic, you're going to do one of two things. You're, you're either going to sell your investments at a loss, which is the dumbest thing you can do, or 
you're you're not going to be able to sleep at night. You're going to live in fear. And a part of that is because you don't understand what's happening. But there is a silver lining in all of this. Right now, because stock prices are falling due to the fact that the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, which makes it more expensive for businesses to borrow money at attractive rates, that means that the, 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 the stocks that you own, aka the businesses that you own in your portfolio, are selling at cheaper prices right now. Now, if you've done your research and you study the, f the financial balance sheets, the income statements, profit and loss statements, etc., if you study the assets and liabilities of these companies, if you've watched the sales increase over time, if you've watched them, these companies that you own, um, you know, uh, allocate more capital into research and development, if you've watched these companies pay down their their short-term debts and their long-term debts. If you've watched these companies in your portfolio retain more earnings over time and increase their market share and increase their mind share, um, you know, and, and you see that there still is growth there. When you look at those numbers, you should be buying right now. There is so much opportunity in the market right now and there will probably still be continue to be in the in the near future this year will probably be a really good time to make acquisitions aka to buy businesses aka buy stocks this is an opportunity this is not a a time to be fearful this is a time to go all in with your portfolio and to buy as much of the stock in your favorite businesses as you can if you own Starbucks, if you if you own uh, Nike, if you own Apple or Google or Nvidia, and the prices are tanking, you need to be buying more. Because what's going to happen over time is things are going to continue to fluctuate in the short term. Over time, the rates, the, the Federal Reserve will probably start to minimize or decrease interest rates. We don't know when, we don't know how soon or whatever, um, and we don't know how dramatically, but again, that is going to allow more institutional investors to be able to borrow more money at attractive rates, but people will also become uh more optimistic about the stock market and they'll begin to to go back in and buy the companies that they love buy the stocks that they love again and then valuations will start to increase and then it will go right back into another cycle they'll raise the rates the prices will go down or you know something will 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 happen that that creates fear in the minds of institutional investors or retail investors to sell everything. They'll sell everything and will create more opportunities. And that's when you go in and you buy everything that you can buy that you understand and that you studied. Um, and it's just a never ending cycle, man. It's just that the cycles, it seems even just in this short amount of time that I've been studying it, the cycles fluctuate a lot faster, man. You got to be quick. Um, but you got to be precise and you got to know what's happening, why it's happening um, and, and, and when to when to take advantage of the opportunity. Right now is this is when the opportunities are existing. You know, the beginning of last year, uh, you know, February, March. Oh, my goodness. There were a lot of opportunities 
so many opportunities at that time. And it was so beautiful to be able to, to buy businesses at such low valuations compared to, you know, their intrinsic value. Um, but yeah, man, you can't be afraid of the prices dropping. If you understand the businesses and you have a long-term time horizon, you should be ecstatic. You should be so hyped up right now because there are so many intelligent things to do right now. And there's some interesting things to do as well in, in terms of like arbitrage and different things like that. But yeah, man, um, prices falling, stock prices falling right now is a good thing because now you can buy your favorite businesses at a discount, at a true discount if you understand the fundamentals. And if you see an edge, if there's an edge that you have there where you know that a company is trading at 20% below you know, it's intrinsic value. If it's trading at 10% below, it's intrinsic value. If it's trading at, you know, 30% below, you need to be buying. You need to be buying. If you if you know or trust and believe that the, the business will be around five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now, it just doesn't make sense why, you know, average individuals, average investors, retail investors will sell everything when the prices fall. It's just like, you're ruining your portfolio and you're selling at a loss. You're locking in the loss. No. Why did you buy the business in the first place? And most people don't understand why they even bought the businesses in the first place. Like, yo, man, this isn't a get rich quick thing. Like it takes time. One of the most world renowned investors of all time, Warren Buffett, has been investing for almost a hundred years. All right. He's well over 90 years old. He started investing in stocks at 11 years old. He's been compounding his money for 80 plus years. That is why at some points in, in history, he was one of the richest men in the world at one point, multiple times. And that's also why his company is, you know, one of the top 10 in terms of companies that have the biggest uh, uh, market cap. Because he's just been compounding and investing and investing and investing and investing. You know, anytime there's opportunities, he's there. When the prices are falling, he's there. And there are other investors as well that are doing the same things. You've got to understand how economics works. You've got to understand how business works. You've got to understand the, the values of the businesses that you're buying via the stock market. You cannot be afraid of the prices dropping. When the prices are dropping, that's when you go all in. You're not going to get any value if you're buying companies when prices are super duper high. But you need to understand the businesses that you're buying and whether or not they're overvalued or undervalued. So, yeah, man. Um that's pretty much that, man. So, yeah, man, the game is getting interesting. You feel me? It really is. So I would say, honestly, to the average individuals, to people like you, to people like myself, because I'm a rookie in this, too, is that you need to understand yourself, how you how you how you spend money, how you if you save money, how you save money. But you also need to understand, like, what what are your fears? What are your biggest fears when it comes to money? And then what are your biggest strengths when it comes to money? But then you also need to understand business and how business functions, how businesses work. You have to understand the economics. You have to understand the accounting. If you don't understand the accounting, you're just you're just buying businesses randomly 
without ever going back and studying the 10K reports, the 8K reports, the 10Q reports. You've got to study the financials of these businesses so that you can sleep at night when the prices are falling and you can be buying more when the prices are falling. You need to be buying more when the prices are falling. If the business has excellent fundamentals, if the business is growing, it doesn't have to be growing at 20% per annum you know, every single year for 100 years or 50 years or 10 years or whatever. But it needs to be moving in the right direction, upward. And also, too, companies are not going to constantly be be uh, beating their earnings reports. Companies are not going to be up all the time. They're not. We've got to be realistic, man. You know, <laughs> regression to the mean, like things things circulate. So understand that. Understand how the world works, how the world moves. And you've got to invest according to that. You can't, you cannot be panicking when other people are panicking because it's just going to, it's going to ruin your portfolio. It really is. But yeah, that's just my two cents on that. Um, like I said, I'm an amateur. I don't know anything about anything. So don't listen to me. I'm an idiot, but that is my perspective and my take on all of this. So yeah, anyway, I'm about to wrap this up. If you found any of this information useful, beneficial, interesting, funny, or enlightening, I need you to download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way. Um, definitely appreciate you guys all over the entire globe that have been supporting. Um, we're definitely getting a lot of traction now. Um, I've been looking at um, you know just some of the statistics and some of the numbers, and um, yeah, man, I'm loving it. It's just making me want to go harder in terms of just staying consistent. Um, so yeah, um, I'm gonna try to just knock these out weekly weekly episodes, man, and just give you guys some useful content that you can use, you know, from now until, until the end of time. So yeah, man. And also too, it helps me to organize my own thoughts and just to kind of have a better understanding of the things that I'm studying because yeah, um, one of my goals is to become a professional investor over time, but don't tell anybody I told you that. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, just to give you guys some perspective in terms of the, the, the stats, in terms of how well the podcast has been doing, um, right now, currently, and we're very small, we're in 25 uh, states right now in the U.S. in terms of people streaming. And then we're in 13 countries across the globe. You feel me? So, yeah, man, just just to give a couple shout outs, shout out to, to, to uh, France, shout out to Brazil, shout out to Ireland. A lot of people be digging your boy in Ireland, Mzam. Um, yeah, man, shout out to Canada. You feel me? Shout out to Peru. Like, man, we all over the globe right now, man. So yeah, um, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep dropping these episodes if you guys keep listening. And again, man, make sure you download, rate, and comment and subscribe to the podcast. We got more episodes on the way, man. So as usual, you already know who it is. I'm not gonna say it again. I'm out. <laughs>